Shirt Show. All right, let's go. Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Shirt Show! All right! Episode 136 of Shirt Show. We're talking with Garrett from High Octane Print Shop in Rhode Island. Let's go! Hey, fuckhead. Hey there. You see how I was nice in my... You were nice too, actually. That's a sort of a term of endearment, I think. Um, You see how mellow? Should we just be mellow? Yeah, we'll just be like this the whole time. Yeah, because I'm kind of up here all day. Mm -hmm. Now I'm just bringing it down. I want to breathe, breathe that fresh oxygen. Mm-hmm. Let your lungs expand. How's it going sure. up there? Uh, it's not bad. I It's a pretty chill week. Um, last night I came in after I got the kids to bed and I started to organize and clean my office, which feels really nice. So I've got so much uh, extra space in here right now and things to hang and organize and Kind of had a shop yard sale today where I just got rid of a bunch of shit from the old office. We should call you Dylan Condo. Why? No. Wasn't it on like Netflix, that girl who arranges and organizes? Wasn't her last oh, name Condo? Uh, uh, fuck, what was her last name? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Where, um, Condo. Does it was bring it you m- joy or not? Marie, huh? Marie Kondo. Marie Kondo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, see? Where you have to make the decision if it brings you joy or not. Yeah. Like your underwear, if you're going to get rid of them, you have to say thank you. you know? I usually get rid of underwear when they become a skirt. Wait, how does it work? Oh, yeah. You fold your underwear and thank them and put them, <laughs> put them away. This is what Joanne just told me. Seems kind of creepy. Joanne, you need to quit that cult. <laughs> right. So, I mean, that sounds nice. That's the thing to do. No. You know, to like finish out the year, get get all organized. Yeah. So like the old the old office, we had like all the walls and we had like all the um like shelves and shit everywhere of like mm-hmm. all these action figures and uh screen printed posters and like all this other stuff. And when we moved into the new offices, I kind of like put all that stuff in boxes and like had a lot of the prints like stacked up. And I went through a lot of it last night and was just like, I don't really want most of this anymore. So I just put it all out on the couch this morning and said, whoever wants it can take it home. So they've just been taking, I've got a lot of people concerned asking me if I'm going <laughs> to end my life because I'm giving things away, but no, I think it know. just, I think it sounds more like you're transitioning from a teenager to like a college kid. Dude, I have so much gray in my beard. You said no, yeah, but that's physical age. Mentally, you're a teenager, maybe not anymore. Yeah, maybe. You know what I'm saying? So like that's, that's sad. Your 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 teens are over. I think that's what it is. No more teens. Like you're 20 mentally. Right. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I'm proud of you. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um but other than that, no, things are things are good. Things are chill. 
uh, just just hanging out at work. I got a lot of shit done in my inbox, and then I remembered I have to do a podcast with you today. Mm-hmm. Well, know that when I was saying that you're not a teenager anymore, that I wasn't trying to put you down. I was just I know I'm happy for you because I'm still I, a teenager. You see right. what I'm saying? So like mm-hmm. I'm. I'm, I, I want to say I'm probably stuck in the 16 and a half, 17. That makes maybe. sense. Yeah. Yeah. Total, total sense. Mm. Um, I got this sick, relentless oh. merch hoodie on. Huh. Pretty it is awesome. sick. Fits, fits nicely. Nice champion. It matches your hat, too. Yeah, it's fitting. It's, mm-hmm. it's very nice. What kind of pants do you got on? None. Those are the best. Mm-hmm. Just wanted to air out for this. I have some like warm, like cuddly pants on. I don't know how you, what material this is, what how you say it. Cuddly? Yeah. Are they Lululemons? <laughs> no, but they're the type, they're the kind of pants you'd wear if it's really cold. Almost like you're going to be snowboarding. No, because they probably... I don't know what they are. So they show off all your features? No. (laughs) No. Um, I've got something for you. Our bud, Danny, flipping sweet. Oh, you want to just rub this in my face? I do. I feel like it's important. It's uh, definitely, uh, it's trending right now on YouTube. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But he tried the... He was like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm so like uh, Team Dylan, the um, like mind notes. blown. Yeah, your your sticky notes are it's mind blowing. And so he, he said he was going to try it. And I was like, no way this works. <laughs> and then he did. And he said, Andy's right. <laughs> I could hardly look at you when I said that. But There's I, no said, way he tried it yet. How could he? It, did he overnight some fucking sticky notes to try it? Maybe sounds like he did. It's bullshit. I feel like you fucking paid him. That's what it is. To say he's that. in England. Here's the thing. He is. I got hit England. up like at least four or five people telling me that they do the same thing that we used to do, where we would just tape over the registration marks. And then I talked to Brian about it, and he was like, "Yeah, we did that for years." He's like, you "I'm not arguing the time to time. Hold on, time out. I'm not arguing about taping over. You're the arguing about sticky notes. Sticky notes. Yeah, I said that wouldn't work. Right. And There's no way he tried sticky notes already." He's in England and they have like shit available to them. He probably just walked next door to a store and bought it, tried it and realized he, it doesn't work. I didn't have to try it because I, knew I feel it. like you Venmoed him and we're like, hey, tell everyone that this sucks. You caught me. <laughs> anyway, uh, I don't know. I saw that and it made me feel good. So thanks, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> made me feel good inside. Mm. Like a... Uh, a W for, for me. I don't have right. any yet. Like you've won them all. I was no. shut out and I finally got one. Mm-hmm. You know, so that was good. <laughs> it all starts with the screen and whether it's new stretches or restretches, Frank and his team do it the best. Yeah. To find out more, go to graphicscreenfashion.com. F, 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 F. 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 Rank.com. Or. Greatfuckingscreens.com. 
Yeah. Cleaning screens is no fun, but EasyWay makes it funner. Their line of eco-friendly chemicals will make recleaning screens a whole lot easier. Check them out at easyway.com. Easyway. It's the easiest way. Could your shop use a little help from a friend? Then you need to go to 1-900-HOTSTUFF.COM and get in touch with Nick or Lucas. Nick or Lucas. And they will take care of all of your, your art, art department needs. Oh, dude. Yeah. Fucking you knew it. Like you knew. I brought that one back from, uh, it wasn't an OG one, but it was from a while ago. I brought it back and you remembered. Yeah. Ironclad. Is that what they say about your sure memory? memory? Yeah. Steel trap. Steel trap. That's what it was. I knew it has something to do with metal. Choosing the right emulsion for your shop is complicated, and that's why we love Chromaline. Go to Chromaline.com to watch Kev's vids. Kev's Kev vids. Says. Kev's vids. <laughs> Excellent. It kind of goes like that. Yeah. And, and learn all about the screen room. Yeah? Yeah. Kev's vids. Party time. It's a party. Right. When you want, in the, the dark room. Mm-hmm. With the lights <laughs> off. There's this, there's, that's some good lyrics right there. There's yeah. something you, I think you got something. We'll write something up. All right. We'll be more professional next time. Mm-hmm. Today. What do we got today? We are chatting with Garrett Cole from High Octane Print Shop in Rhode Island. And I think it's pronounced like that because it's spelled like Rhode Island. Yeah, it's Rhode Island. You've never been there? Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. Okay, Rhode Island. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't been there. No, it's I, you're closer. Have you been there? Yeah. Oh, cool. Is it pretty? No, it's fucking shithole. <laughs> you just insulted like 10 million people. Oh, well, fucking move out of Rhode Island. <laughs> oh, and move to New York. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm sure it's beautiful in Rhode Island. Ro- Rhode Island. Island. Yeah. Right. And I'm sure it's beautiful in uh, upstate New York. So, yeah. What's going on, dude? Not much. Before we get into this, right before I um, signed on here, I saw this preview for this movie called Cocaine Bear. Mm -hmm. Have you seen it? Mm -hmm. Have you seen it? I have not, no. Yeah, it's based on a true story. I saw that. Like, is that, that's really real. Mm Mm-hmm. But obviously, based on a two-story, and then way exaggerated. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know, uh, have you seen this preview, Garrett? I haven't. It's about so an airplane. Has a drug problem. Yeah, there's an airplane that goes over that has a bunch of like bricks of cocaine, and they drop them out of the airplane, and then mm-hmm. a bear ends up eating an entire package of cocaine, <laughs> and then it just goes on a rampage, like mm-hmm. murdering everything. <laughs> Just wreaks havoc in the local town. Right. And then it just wants more <laughs> cocaine. Uh, is that on Netflix? No, I think the I think it's gonna be a theatrical release, right? I don't think it's Netflix. Yeah, it's definitely gonna be like a goofy comedy. Oh, it's not gonna be like a realistic like a documentary. It's just gonna be No, like... it's straight up movie, like, you know, comedians mm. and you know a funny movie. <laughs> But lots of uh, violence, or I should say, yeah, gore. yeah, cocaine bear violence, mm-hmm. kind of yeah, like uh, kind of like Sharknado. 
Probably. Exactly. Have you seen? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Or zombie zombievers. Have you ever seen zombievers? That's great. No. No, I've never seen that one. I was it's like, about Sharknado. It's like uh, it's like what is it? Uh, John Mayer and Bill Burr are driving a toxic waste truck. And they dump a toxic waste barrel accidentally into a beaver pond. And then it turns all the beavers into zombies, like Mm -hmm. zombie beavers. And then it's like the typical like um, like teenagers away at a camp where they're trying to like have sex and do, do drugs and like all this other stuff. And they end up going swimming in the lake and then they get bit and eaten by zombie beavers and then they actually turn into zombie beaver people oh yeah that's a twist it's a super good movie (laughs) imagine pitching that story or that like storyline to somebody like so i want to make this movie and then you pitch that to them it's about zombie beavers hear me out (laughs) yeah it's great i love it um so how's your how's your week so far? You you said you're done now, or you're chill, or you just kind of um, still got yeah, projects we got, to go? Yeah, I still got a couple projects we got to finish up, uh, but it's been very like more of a laid back week. But I still have a few things I got to finish up by Friday, and then after that, I'm looking at all the boxes because there's not much, so that's good. But um, after that, I think I'm good for next week. Don't have to print. So, so tell us a little bit, you, how you got started and where you are now, but you just recently got the next upgrade. Yeah. So right now I'm in the middle of growing the business, moving to a bigger shop, but I started, so my story is a little different, was never in a band. So it wasn't from printing band merch, which usually how it goes, but, um, uh, where I grew up, um, our high school has what we call like a Votech program. So it's like a or career in tech. So when you go to high school, they have like uh, classes that are geared towards different trades. So um, they have like carpentry, automotive, um, graphic design, or graphic communication, I think they called it. So when I got to high school, I decided to go into graphic communication because I was always kind of like into art. I was always drawing. So, uh, I joined that and, um, that's where I started to kind of learn a little bit of illustrator, a little bit of Photoshop. We dabbled with screen printing a little bit. And, um, by senior year, I still didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. Um, but we have to do a senior project. So I decided to print breast cancer shirts and sell them to raise money and then donate that to like uh, charity for breast cancer. So I did up a design it was actually had foil involved, which is kind of cool. Now that I think about it, cause I don't even really mess with foil ever, mm. but it pretty much just said breast, uh, what did it say? It said, I bet you sold a lot. Yeah. <laughs> no, I said breast cancer, but then the ribbon actually blocked out two letters. So it'd say B cancer. And the ribbon was like a pink foil. So I designed that up. And I think uh, it's going back a long time. I think it was, it was either $1,500 or $2,500. 
that we raised. And that's when it kind of like clicked in my head, like, uh, like this could yeah, be I like make a, money at this. Yeah, I can make money at this. And I enjoyed doing it. I was always like in class, like uh, we had a vinyl cutter. So I always heat press like sweatshirts and stuff for myself, like Pulp Fiction sweatshirts and Billabong. So I liked making like shirts and sweatshirts and stuff. So, right. But when I did that project, that's when I kind of realized, oh, I can make money doing this. So my original intent was to just get a job at a shop, um, called a few places, no one was hiring. And then my mom told me that she had a friend who just purchased an embroidery business. So I was like, oh, maybe I'll get a job there. Called him up and he pretty much said, well, I kind of need someone who knows how to run the machines because I don't. I was like, I don't know how to run a machine. So um, I was just talking to him and he asked me what I wanted to do when I got out of high school. So I told him, I was like, I don't know, I'm thinking about starting my own print shop. And he ended up kind of weeding me on to someone selling a screen printing shop. And that's kind of how I ended up getting in touch with the people who owned the business before me. So called them up, set up a few meetings. My mom went with me and after like talking to them, I kind of asked my mom, I was like, I don't really want to go to college because school is not really my thing. It was never really like a A plus student. So she agreed to uh, kind of just pay for the business. Like I pretty much bought the equipment and the name, which we can get into that too, because it wasn't high octane. So I purchased the equipment in the name and then moved it to where I live and just kind of started it up. And that was like three months before I graduated high school. So I was like oh, really? running the shop. Yeah. So I was still like technically running the shop so prior what, to graduating. When you purchased this company this existing company in the name and all that did it do anything for you or was it more just like this guy's like i have some equipment and i'm getting the hell out of here uh it was kind yeah it was the the name was northeast screen printer so that was the name i did business under for uh like eight nine years um they've been around since the 80s so the guy that owned it he was probably like late 80s, maybe late 70s. And he had some health issues and his daughter was kind of like keeping the business running, but she had other, she had like a whole career. So the business was kind of just dying. And that's when I kind of came in and bought it. So I technically bought their equipment. I took the name and then I got like a small customer base from them, but like it, it wasn't really... It wasn't really at the time. I mean, I was young. I was only 18, still in high school. So at the time I figured I'll keep the name the same because brand recognition, maybe like that'll help. Um, but I mean, the customers I got with the business, I don't even do business with anymore because it just, I, the business is completely different than how they had it. So it just didn't work. Was it a so, ma manual shop? Yeah, manual. I don't know if they were had any automatics in the past because he did tell me at one point he had about 30 people working for him. But oh. that was probably in like the 90s, I think. 
and you started the company in the 80s. So I don't know if they had automatics at any point, but when I bought it, I got um, a Roger Jennings eight-color, eight-station manual, uh, old Hicks dryer. It was huge, and that died on me pretty quick. Um, an exposure unit and, like, a bunch of screen, like wooden frame screens. They were still using wooden frames. So, why, so a lot of the... What made you want to... You said when you bought it, you moved it. Um, I mean, closer, I guess, to where you were living. What made you yep. want to move it? And was it your intentions when you bought it to try and keep the book of business, you know, like try to retain some of those customers? I mean, you kept the name. So you thought in your head, well, that's brand recognition. That would work. And also, did you keep the same phone number? No, new, new phone number. New um, phone. Yeah. So when I bought the business, they were operating out of the back of like a souvenir shop. So the front of the store was like a souvenir shop. Um, they just sold like Rhode Island memorabilia or whatever. It's kind of near the airport. And then they had a back room where they were kind of operating out of at the time. And the, I think I entertained keeping the business where it was, but the souvenir shop didn't want me to. He pretty much told me you got to go. And then even with like, I ran into this a lot when I first started, um, even some of the customers that came with the business decided to not do business with me because I was only 18. Hmm. So they kind of like, I don't know, you're a young kid. I don't see how like you're going to be able to like help us, which I mean, probably at the yeah. time was probably a good point. Cause I didn't really know exactly what I was doing. So, <laughs> but so I ran into that a lot too, but I ended up, I had to move the business out of where it was. So, and I ended up finding, I moved it closer to where I live too. So. so did you, did you end up, I know you said you, you did those shirts for the breast cancer and you were trying to get a job at that embroidery place or whatever, but did you end up doing anything in between there to make you learn the business or learn printing before you decided to invest in this new business with your mom, I guess? Um, no, I didn't. <laughs> you were just like fuck yeah. it, all in. Well, at my crossroads were go to college um, and the colleges. I mean, I could have went to like a cheaper college, but like my mom was kind of like, oh, it's like, cause I was going to go for graphic design for college. Right. Mm-hmm. So my mom's like, oh, it's, there's some really good like graphic design schools. There's one up. Uh, we looked at one in Boston and um, we did the tour of the college and I was like, kind of, I wasn't sure about it. And then at the end of the tour, like they went over financials and pretty much I forget the exact numbers, but by the time I graduated college, I was going to be like 80 grand in debt. And that's kind of how I saw it. And I'm like, I don't see how this is worth my time to put myself $80,000 in debt. So after I did the college thing, I kind of told my mom, like, I don't really think I want to go to college right away. I was just going to go work. Um, I was working at a pizza shop at the time, but, uh, when I graduated, my plan was to go work at a machine shop where my brother worked. So that was kind of my plan. And then I kind of fell across this opportunity. Right. And I presented it to my mom and I mean, my mom was going to help pay for college. So to buy the, I mean, the business was fairly cheap to purchase. So it was like a semester or two of school. Like it's investing in you either way. So 
Yeah. I mean, she was, I remember her being nervous about it, like not sure if I was going to be able to make it work, but I mean, to spend $80,000 at college or I think, I think we purchased the business or the equipment for nine grand. And then she helped me, like she bought me like a laptop so I could have a computer to do business on. And, um, I think just gave me like a couple, like a few thousand dollars just to have a little bit of cash to play with. Right. Sounds like a good, I mean, you know, like sounds like a good deal. Like, look, you had, even if it failed, like, let's say you went at it for a year or you, you gave it two years, you know what I'm saying? Like, even if it failed at the end of those two years, you would have learned so much like, and then you could go back. If you chose to, you could go to college then if you wanted. you're like, Hey, I I gave this a shot. Didn't work. I'm going to go to college now. Or just do something else entirely. But I don't know, for $10,000 or whatever, that seems worth it to me because two years of college or two years trying to do, trying to run a business, I think at the end of two years of trying to run a business, you know more. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you've, you probably learn a lot. I feel like if my yeah, kids and- came to me and had a business idea and were like stoked and driven to want to make it work. I feel like I'd be way more apt to invest in that than invest in school where you're just like, I don't know what I want to be, but I guess I have to go to school. Yeah. That was kind of my thought when I first, the first few years, I was like, I'll do this for four years. If I feel like it's not something I want to do, or if it's not working, then after four years, I'll, I mean, I never really plan on going to college, even if it didn't work, but I could at least go to employers and be like, look, I ran my own business for four years. So I know how to do this. I know how to do this. So I figured that would be like a good way to kind of go about it. But I mean, almost 10 years later, I don't really plan on working for anybody. So, (laughs) so how did it go once you got everything situated and you got started, were you, you know, off to the races and printing shirts or was it a a hard grind for a while by yourself? Uh, I mean, the first year, I mean, the first year was, it was slow. I mean, but I still, right away I started printing shirts because I, like I said, I had a couple customers from the uh, previous owners. So a few of them did have orders coming in. Um, but I mean, like the first, the first job I did, I remember I burned the screen backwards or the, put the film backwards on the screen. So like, I mean, I was learning, so <laughs> I, I knew, I knew how to pull a squeegee, like from school, the graphics uh, class, we learned how to like print shirts. Uh, we learned how to expose the screens, but like a lot of it's a lot of information was missing. So like, we never really, I don't think we ever really coded the screens. Um, we never really like, uh, set the screen. I don't know if we, I guess we probably did set the screens up on the press, but like a lot of the little steps in between, like the teacher would get ready for us. So for the most part, I learned how to pull a squeegee, load the shirt, take the shirt off. But I mean, I was still missing a lot of, skills and information that you need to actually run the business. So then you went from, what was your next step? Um, well, got the shop moved to the new location, which it's actually the place I'm sitting in right now. This is the mm-hmm. old shop and it's just like a thousand square foot plaza unit. Um, so we moved all the equipment there and then I just started I mean, I've been, I was on YouTube for like 
before purchasing the business and after purchasing the business, I was just on YouTube consuming as much content and information as I can. Right. So I just started getting to it, coating screens, burning screens, setting them up on press, printing shirts. Was this new started. location better for you to get business with? Like, is it um, in a in a good spot? It's, I mean, it's uh, the town where I, so where I grew up and where I live, it's kind of more rural. So, I mean, it's in a plaza. The plaza is kind of set off the back of the road, but most, most of my business is uh, word of mouth and people I know. So, because mm -hmm. I, I grew up where I live now. So we're kind of like, it's kind of like a blue collar area. Everyone has landscaping businesses, construction companies, stuff like or companies like that so like i right. know a lot of people so uh, kind of just friends and family and then word of mouth so that's kind of how it grew at first and that's i still haven't really done much advertising to this day it's all kind of word of mouth so i mean i just started printing a few customers i had from the previous owners and then just um friends and family word of mouth is how it kind of started out for the uh, getting jobs in. How did it go for you going from where you were to the the storefront thing now? And then you were there for how long and you've outgrown it into a new spot? Yeah. So I've been in this place for, for since the start. So it'd be 10 years in March. So about nine, okay. 10 years. Um, ideally, I wanted to move the shop and expand probably a couple of years ago, but I just wasn't able to find a place that I thought would work. That was like the hardest thing. And then the pandemic hit. So I kind of figured I'd wait till that kind of figured, figured itself out. Cause I didn't know what was going on with that. So do you need so to I'm, move? Like it's, you're at a point where it's like, I got to get the fuck out of here. Or is it you're just moving because you want to grow on your own and like try something different? Um, it's, it's necessity. I mean, I wanted, I want to go, well, I got the automatic now, but I wanted to go automatic. Can't do it in this building. I, I tried prior to the pandemic. I was thinking about putting like a, a Anatole volt in here, like a smaller, like this one of the smaller ones they made, yeah. but I just didn't, I didn't have the power to do that. So, and it still would have been, it would have been a mess as it is. Cause so it, you bought, you said you bought an automatic, but it's not installed. No, it is. It's installed at the new shop. So oh, okay. I'm, it's, okay. I'm in the old shop. Now I have a whole new building that I'm getting ready to move into, but I have the new equipment set up there. Hmm. I just don't have like the storefront, the dark room, washout room built out. So I'm printing on the automatic now, but oh, so you're bouncing back and forth. I'm bound. To, yeah, it's a pain. So I'm because wow. my dark room's here. So I'm coating screens, cleaning screens, burning screens here, boxing them up, bringing the shirts and screens down to the new shop, printing it, and then bringing them back so customers can pick them up. That's you're my trying situation. To, your goal is to transition over to the new shop over break, like between now and New Year's or something. You're going to move. Uh, yeah, but by New Year's, I'd like to just get out of here. I don't think the showroom will be done yet. But I just, the new shop, I just don't have the dark room and washout room set up yet. So I can't, I can't move the whole operation over there. When is your lease up here? I'm month to month right now. 
Oh, so yeah, it doesn't so, matter. Whenever. Yeah, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, I I started being month to month here when I originally wanted to. When before I signed another year lease, I told them this was probably like 2018. So yeah, I think I'm gonna start looking for a bigger shop. So I don't want to sign a year lease. So like I right, just pay month to month, and I've just been on month to month ever since. So. So what do you think is like? I guess the the big thing for you what is what's the next chapter just you're excited to get in a new place use the auto grow the business like you have plans as far as hires or um yeah i got setting yourself apart from other other people yeah well that's um so i guess we can talk about that the uh the rebrand of the company so around 2018 uh, kind of yeah about 2018 2019 that's when i kind of decided like i needed to get out of the, this location and grow the business get an automatic you know take the next step um i was getting kind of i was getting one i was getting sick of manually printing especially with some of the jobs we were doing um i had a friend that worked for me for a couple of years printing and then he ended up leaving. Um, dude, just didn't want to do it anymore. He went on to other things. And I was sitting there thinking, like, I really don't want to take the time to train, hire someone and train someone just to be on a manual. So that's when I figured I'll just have to, like, get the business to a point where I'm comfortable hiring people. Because in the location I'm in, how much space we have and then just having manual print like manual printers. I just, I just don't think it's like a, it's not really like a good position to be hiring people. If, especially if you're trying to really kind of go all in, mm -hmm. I mean, this is, this is how I'm making a living. So it's not like a side gig or anything. So I was getting, I think I just started thinking about that. And when uh, the, my friend that was working for me left, that's when I, kind of decided that I got to make some changes. Part of that was the rebrand. Um, just to, so what was all involved in the rebrand? The, the rebrand was kind of like, I just, I started thinking and like the name it wasn't, it wasn't my name. It's not something I came up with or it wasn't like my like. I guess you'd say like my identity or whatever, because it was just a name I took from a previous owner. So I kind of wanted to just make the business mine. So the new name is the high octane and the old one yeah. is the Northeast. Yeah. So high octane is a new name. So I figured if it's something I'm more passionate about, something that I came up with, it would be easier for me to market. I'd have a little bit more pride in it. Mm -hmm. And I would kind of just change my mindset on like where I can take the company and grow rather you, than just kind of holding on to this legacy of the previous owner. Were you, did, did you have anxiety about changing the name? Because you have, you know, you had years of, I guess, business that knew you as Northeast. And so like, how did you go about telling these people? Like, did you email yeah. blast them or what'd you do? Like, what was your process? Yeah, I came, I came up with a plan and that's funny. Cause that's like the question I got. Cause I mean, I did business for almost nine years as Northeast. And then all of a sudden I'd say, I'm changing the names. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are like, why'd you do that? Why'd you do that? And 
the where I was as a business, all my business is local and I'm really like, I think customer service is like one of the like top priorities when you're running a business, it could be any business. So like the customers, my customers, when they come to me to order shirts, when I thought about it, that I always thought like they're always coming to see Garrett to order shirts and not coming to Northeast screen printers. So I was like, I don't think it really matters if I change the name. It's not like I'm going to lose customers because, I mean, I'm friends with most of my customers, if not very friendly with them. So when they do order, like if they if they tell me about somebody or if they like refer me to somebody, they probably say, oh, my buddy Garrett does shirts. Give them a call. They're not saying call Northeast screen printers. Gotcha. I'm a very small, I'm a very, yeah, I'm a very small company. So I still had that. And that was part of the reason why I was like, well, if I'm going to change the brand, now would be the time before I start growing it to a point where you start to get a little bit more disconnect from the customer. Cause I, I'm at a, I'm sure there's a point when you when your business gets so big, they don't see it as an individual. They see it as like a company. Yeah, I agree. So that, that's, that's true. So that's, so that's my main thought on that, like why I should do it now. And then, um, yeah, when we did the, when we did the name change, I did an email blast. I did like a social media post. And then, uh, we even sent out, um, like flyers in the mail for all the repeat customers that we had, that we had like their addresses and stuff. Dylan, was you were you upstate merch from day one? Mm-hmm. Out of the gate. Yeah. Same Out of the here. Gate. Yeah. I think that I had, I don't know, like probably six or seven names, I would say at least, that I was trying to choose from. And it's the one of the hardest things, isn't it? Like coming up with a name because mm, well, sometimes you come up with a great name and it's taken, <laughs> you know, like because you want the dot com or wherever you want. And it's out there already. And so I, I don't know, I think coming up with a name is, is important and it's also difficult. So, so I don't know. Like I, 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 the way I ended up with, with ours is I had, I actually surveyed, like I took a poll cause I, I had it narrowed down to like three or four. And I said, which one stands out? And everybody said like this one won like unanimously. What were the other ones? Do you remember? <laughs> <laughs> um, what were they like? United something. <laughs> Not pretty United. No. Um, oh, I, I think 94. So we're on our, the street we're on is 94. So it was like 94 shirts. Cause that was just like basic. Like you wouldn't know. So people, coming in, people coming in being like, do I have to order 94 shirts? <laughs> yeah. So that was bad. It didn't win. I had a lot. Yeah, like I had more. Than, that's tough too. Cause if you name it 94, what if you end up moving the business later? Yeah, true. Exactly. And you're not on 94 anymore. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, and also I wanted something that I could have some sort of mascot, you know, eventually, uh, you know, and so that worked out. It's tough though, coming up. With yeah. That. I kind of want to come up with a mascot too. I was thinking of like a turbo or something, a little mm-hmm. turbo charger or something like a little character. Do you do I'll a lot there. of work for like the automotive industry or something? Um, so I actually, that's part of the rebrand is I want to. Mm -hmm. So that's why I kind of like settled on this because I want to try and target like the automotive industry, 
Um, I do like working. Most of my business is like uh, landscaping, construction, stuff like that. So I do like working with them. Uh, it's fun to talk to them when they come in and stuff. I connect with them better. But that was kind of my goal is to start doing more automotive related stuff. So I figured with the name brand, that'll help kind of push it in that direction. Um, and actually like when I started thinking about changing the name, this, that's kind of the vision I had. I was like, I want to do something automotive related. I want to do like car show shirts or car brand shirts or automotive shops. And I started kind of like, going on the internet looking for like maybe other screen printing shops that are similar to like what I was picturing in my head. And then I, that's like when I ended up coming across some, um, I'm sure you guys know uh, graphic disorder. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. I, I, yeah. I think in Tennessee and I, mm-hmm. I stumbled across them and I'm like, Oh, this is kind this is pretty much what I was like looking to do. So like they're, I think they're a cool shop, but it's kind of like where I'd like to be one day. Yeah, their their biggest thing is and in that market too is the artwork. Like, yeah, yeah, they their business is basically around their artists, not the other way around. It's not like they're just screen printers that are trying to do art. It's like they do art that is what draws the customer to them, and then they have the ability to print it. So yeah, like that's, that's what everybody wants for them is like the car show style tea is like mm-hmm. their bread and butter like all day long. Yeah. And they're always booked up like stupid amount. Like I actually contacted Brant the other day because I had a customer that was like right up his alley. I was like, hey, do you guys want to do some freelance artwork for this? He's like, yeah, we definitely could. But like my schedule right now is booked up till, you know, whatever it was like March or something. And I was like, yeah, I can't wait that long. Like customer's not going to wait that long to get some artwork. So, um, but that's his world. You know what I mean? That's he, he has that market for sure. Yeah. They definitely did a good job building that like market up. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a tough one. Like I said, certain markets want certain things. We've, we've always had people come to us for like racing stuff. (laughs) Same thing. They're like, can you just do, you know, can you do our race car with all the logos on the side? And, you know, here's a photo. And I'm just like, dude, that's not us. Like, well, guess what? AI, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had this long talk after we recorded our last episode with um, Tipping Point. Because we, because while we were recording, while we were in that episode, we, we, you know, brought up AI. And we had this long discussion, I think it was yesterday in the design room and we were just guessing how much of the graphic design business that AI is going to take. So, you know, like if you're, you know, let's say you, you subscribe to like enterprise level, whatever service that just can do art, you put in some keywords and you get basically what you're looking for, vector art. And we still need a designer here, you know, like for sure, we'll still need somebody that's going to, take that and maybe find, I don't know, the little nuances, like, cause right now you can't add words and things like that, but I imagine you probably could soon, you know, like add text and all that sort of thing. And then email that to the customer. But what is that going to do to the design world? And we were guessing it's going to eliminate in the next few years, a third of all jobs. And that's not to say that those people won't do something else in the design world. You know what I mean? But they're not going to be doing, 
if you can if you can subscribe to a service and you can say, hey, I want just like we did, we did it live while we were recording. I want a Sasquatch cutting grass. And you can also enter in and I wanted to say Dylan's lawn service and it fucking did it. That's outrageous. Yeah. And I think it did in like 30 seconds. Yeah. He just had refresh and like new options came up. Yeah. And so if you can, you know, make that happen. Wow. Like that's, it's insane. And so I, and and we were talking about how like the college, a local college that we print for here, we have a license to print for them and they don't even have a graphic design degree anymore. It got, it got lumped into media and the main degree is in web design because it's just way more popular and then you while you're in that you take some classes in illustrator and photoshop but it's not like a concentration of graphic design it's media or something you know what i mean so it's yeah. crazy how it's shifting isn't it mm-hmm. yeah, yeah the industry's changing a lot the past few years i feel like five years the whole industry's kind of taken a whole new turn like turning over a new leaf i think a lot of things are changing the ai thing i don't know <laughs> I think I, th- I think with the AI though is like let's say you input a bunch of commands, it gives you something, but then you don't like it or you want to make a change. Are you able to like tweak little things with the AI, or is it just gonna like? Well, I'm sure it'll get there. I think it's just one of those things that's so new that you know now it's giving you a broad design. But like, think of just how quick and easy it could be to have some people tweak it to where you can put in exact things and it's specifically meant for certain industries. It's only going to be a matter of time till one business is just like, Oh, I can do the entire, you know, graphic design, graphic tea market. And then you put in your keywords and boom, the artwork comes up. And I wouldn't be surprised if you could get the art you need turned around less than 24 hours for five bucks. Right. Like a Fiverr kind of deal. Yep. Like pretty quality art, five bucks. Mm-hmm. That's going to be crazy. Or it'll be like pay, you know, whatever, $4,000 a year or something and just have the service to just type in mm-hmm. and it's unlimited. Yeah. And yeah. It would use... start off. It would start off really expensive. And then like 10 years, it would be like pennies mm-hmm. for the service. <laughs> that's usually how it goes. Yeah. I feel like it's, you know, for years and years, it was this thing where you could, maintain as a under the radar garage shop using vellum and you know whatever just doing basic tees but i feel like so much has changed in the past five ten years that i feel like you can't be that anymore like you can't keep up you can't you have to start doing some stuff like you have to start getting into more of the online stuff the social media the digital style printing the you know dtf or whatever just to keep up with the people who want the kind of artwork that i mean most of my customers now all want like crazy color count stuff i mean there is the other one or two color stuff but it's like more and more you're seeing people just like making a design on their phone with an app and they're just like this is what i want and it's like you're not gonna be able to do that if you're like doing stuff on vellum and like it's just not going to happen or trying to expose it with a fucking floodlight in your garage. Yeah. I think a lot of that's getting taken over by uh, like the garage businesses are kind of turning. It's like the Etsy or the cricket. Mm-hmm. I call them cricket moms, but like all the people who are getting like the cricket machines and doing stuff at home, 
that's kind of taking over like that garage shop, mm-hmm. like customer base almost. Just a bunch of moms with a cricket. Yeah. I had somebody that was, um, that was like a contractor that did work at the shop, has been doing work at the shop for years. And his daughter is graduating high school. And he said that she bought a cricket machine. And uh, he had, he texted me and asked if we had a, like an old heat press for sale. And we're looking at a, like a twin dual station heat press. So I was like, oh, I, I can, I don't have an old one, but I have one we have currently that I could sell you. And then he said, oh no, I don't, nothing that nice. And then he showed me, I don't know, like a screenshot of the one he was going to get for her. And it was like a hundred dollars, like a heat press for a hundred dollars for the, for a cricket machine. You know what I mean? So like the barrier to entry, I think we were talking about like with Jeffrey Paul is now even lower. Like if you want to do a, have it run a cricket store, if <laughs> put it that way, yeah. you probably can do it for under a thousand dollars, you know? It's insane. Well, it's funny. We have um, this street with my building. Aubrey has that like winter market and summer market and the whole street mm-hmm. is lined with vendors and she does like a, you know, it's kind of like a, um, like a maker market or whatever. And like, there's so many people that have their own little side hustle business that where they're like decorating glassware or they're mm-hmm. making teas with just like scripty text on it you know and says like whatever like live laugh love or whatever fucking bullshit or whatever on a tea and it's like it's just weird to walk through that and see like 10 vendors all selling like graphic teas and all sort of stuff and they're all just making them on the cricket and here they are like in a tent out in front of like a like a screen printing shop that that's all they do is like do mass orders all day long screen printing and they're out here selling like they have racks of like teas that they heat pressed and cut themselves and <laughs> you know it's just you, it's just you, weird it's so it's just weird you don't even need the cricket anymore you can just get a heat press and just buy transfers now too yeah dtf totally yeah, yeah. you don't even need the cricket so that I i'd mean, probably go that route actually that sounds like a bad I, I think I, I think that would be a better route for like mm-hmm. anybody who's doing that at home is to just get a heat press and get transfers. I mean, they're not Great. that, I mean, some of the trans, like I use super color for some stuff and I actually like super color on certain materials way better than mm-hmm. screen printing. I think it comes out nicer. Like, uh, yeah, you like can go on eBay and buy a hundred jacket, a hundred dollar heat press. Yeah. So for a hundred bucks and a super color account, you can start a business. <laughs> And here I am spending like uh, yeah. my, my new auto setup. I just spent like, well, it was like 40 grand for the equipment. So <laughs> I know that's not that much compared to new, but cause I bought used. Still, but it's like, it's a, yeah, it's a change. Yeah, totally. It's just one of those things like we're trying to do it on a scale that's, they could never touch, but it's also like, you still have to have the business for that. You know what I mean? You don't want to try to scale and have all this autos and everything and then still go for the same style business that the cricket mom's trying to go for. Yeah, it's a different customer base. It's just you you kind of have to do something, some stuff differently. One of the questions I wanted to ask you guys with the uh, transition to the new shop, obviously. Yeah, what you got? I definitely, yeah, I definitely can see how like having help will be nice because most of my time is spent breaking down or setting up a job rather than printing now. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, I guess it'd be a 
maybe some advice or with the transition, obviously I got to start hiring people. Like that's like one thing I was thinking about was like what Andy you were doing. Cause everything I, I do everything right now, except for like the customer side of it. So Monica now handles all that for me. She started working like two years ago and she takes in orders. She talks with the customers. She's emailing them. She's ordering shirts. So I don't have to do that anymore, but like I do everything else. Mm -hmm. So that's like the, I think the biggest struggle for me is like figuring out when I do start hiring people, like having uh, SOPs in place or like training, the, like training the people. And it's like, well, do I train them the way I do it? Or is there a better way to do it? Cause the only way I know how to do it is the way I taught myself. So I think like, I think that's going to be like my hardest thing is trying to hire people and train them properly. And then at the same time, it's like having the right SOPs in place to make sure that I don't have to be kind of holding their hand through every little step. So I don't I know like, if there's like, I feel like when you're that size though, like it is on you, like, you're the one that has to do the research in order to teach them how to do stuff unless you're hiring a consultant or you're sending them somewhere to be trained. Like it kind of is all on you. And then, you know, once you get that person trained and they can run the shop or do whatever it is they're doing, then you're going to have them train the next person and so on. Mm -hmm. And this, it's once you get like a couple people involved is where you're trying to do SOPs because you want everybody to be on the same page with how you do things. You don't want one guy to do something totally different than the next guy. Yeah. I feel like you're going to have to set, set the groundwork of like, this is how we do stuff here at high octane. Versus. Do you guys, um, do you guys have like the first people you hired? Are they still working with you now? I do. Yeah. No, so I, not for me. Like that. But even because if like I didn't, I, even if I didn't have them, those first people would have trained the second people. Yeah, exactly. The people I think I see what you're saying. Yeah. So what you're saying is, is like who trains those next people? So I think what I think what Dylan's saying is exactly right. It's that's who trains your next group is not you necessarily. But that's the hardest part. Like those first few hires are the hardest hires because you don't have you're the going to be the one that has to train that person. You know, unless they come in and they're an experienced printer, which I don't advise doing, and you may not even have that option, but you know, it seems like to me, your first hire, since you already have, you said Monica, who does a lot of the front office things, yeah. um, your first hire or your next hire now is going to be an assistant to you. You know, like they do everything that, um, they're capable of doing like low skill stuff because they, they've they never done it before. And so you just show them how to do those things. Like you're going to be running this auto and you want somebody to be able to offload. I mean, just start there. So here's how you offload and then teach them how to pull tape off screens. They're just going to shadow screens. you. Yeah. And tear down yeah. screens, carding a lot of people, like almost everybody we've ever hired for that role can do it, you know? So it's not like it's a really tough spot. You're asking them to learn like five between five and 10 skills over a few months, you can definitely train them to do that. And once they have that, then all of a sudden that that's the part where you have to recognize, Hey, does this, is this the type of person that has that capacity to, to actually run a press? 
and if and they are most of them are eager to learn too it's not like you're going to be like i'll true. pull tape and then they're like okay and they're just happy pulling tape all day long like they're going to want to be like what else can i do and yeah once they get bored of the of that spot if right. you recognize like hey that this person's like um has a lot of potential then have them start running a press and before you know it then you hire another person that assists that person and that person you know trains everything that you just taught that person they, so for now like when we hire it's it's really no burden on me as as the owner right um you know they somebody else is going to train that person whether it's in embroidery or if it's a customer service or design or shipping and receiving or you know on press or whatever it is i'm not the one that's responsible for training <clears throat> does that make sense yeah i feel i feel like like when i because i've been thinking about this like all right after the new year i'm going to start looking to hire probably i want to make sure we're busy enough to where it makes sense because obviously you don't want to hire someone and not have the work but this is i'm just thinking that way because this is our slow period but it's like when i go to hire someone i'm pretty much going to have to tell them like your job description is just going to be probably doing everything and then because like realistically they're going to just have to help with everything and then once we get settled, I can either, if I hire someone else under them, then I can kind of unload some of the work to More the new hire. Role. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of the thing because it's like, I'm going to hire someone, but what's their job description? It's just, I mean, I could just say shop assistant and then tell them, like, you're just going to, you're going to learn every aspect of screen printing. And then once you have some knowledge of everything, we can kind of place you where you want to go, I guess. I like, uh, so I have a job proposal um, PDF, like, or it's actually a word file that I save as a PDF. And I mail that, I email that PDF to whoever my, I'm giving that job proposal to. And in that job proposal, I spell out, and I, you know, I've talked about this before, I, I, I talk about the important stuff. And so I think that you should do that, not just verbally, I think you should have it written down. Because I, I think you should, you know, set expectations, whoever you're hiring and say, look, here is what your first, you know, six months may look like, and here's your job description. And that is a shop assistant. And it, and here are the, you know, six things that I, I want you to learn and that I need help with right now. And then you um, put down the salary, uh, the start date, you know, everything that you're offering them so that it's clear and that it's on and that they email back and respond or they reply and say, yes, I accept. So that there's no misunderstandings so that they don't get in there and say, Hey, I never knew I was going to do all this fucking shit. You know, I thought I was just going to help you know, pull tape or whatever. Yeah. So like you're getting the, you're, you know, you're, you're setting expectations and then you, um, and then it's really easy because you can um, say, look, you know, you're, if you recognize any way that they have potential, then you, it's easier to move them into a different spot and a different role and give them a new title and increase their compensation and all that sort of stuff, you know, and then hire, and then you have that template for the next person that you're going to hire to do that exact same stuff that that person's not doing anymore. So I think you should start like, as, as my, you might as well start now and creating those sort of uh, templates so that you can make it formal, you know, because I think that when you're serious like that, they take their job more seriously. That's what I've found. Yeah. Do you, yeah, do you, have, any, do you have any other questions for us about your new place? Oh, uh, let's see what I write down. Uh, I guess uh, this is a good question for you, Dylan. I don't know. I guess Andy will probably be good for you too. But with the new shop, once we get up and running, 
I want to start, like I mentioned, most of my business is uh, local customers. I have a plan to try to like market and try to grab more customers, um, diversify. So it's not all local. I want like non-local customers. I think it's important, especially just to make sure like if something locally happens where like maybe the economy is not good here, maybe it's good in another state or whatever, but like what's some like advice on trying to market outside of like your local area? I think the biggest thing is just going to be to do uh, stuff that you know. Like you you can't just cast a random net and be like, oh, I'll just take whatever business comes in or just go on Facebook and type in, like put money behind screen printing. It's not going to work. Like you need mm-hmm. to you need to go for a specific market and pick something specific. Like you could be like, I love roller derby. And then you just like, you know about roller derby, you know their seasons, you know, what kind of garments they like, you know, the style of printing that they prefer, like all this stuff. And then you're just going to hit up other teams and be like, Hey, I've worked with so-and-so, so-and-so, uh, this is the product I made for them. Do you want samples? I can, I can send you blank samples. I can send you print samples. Um, you know, I want to work with you. And then, then you're, again, you're going to get the word of mouth, like you do local, but you're going to get it all over the place. Um, but you have to do like markets that are specific, like that, you know, and you can tap into, it's very difficult to just do a random net and be like, Hey, I want to print your shirts. And they're like, cool. Well, I don't know you. And shipping is probably expensive because you're not local and whatever. Like you have to have a name behind you or be savvy on their industry in order to get them. So that's what I would say. I would say pick something, you know, and just hit it hard. Yeah, I I definitely from because I kind of have like a marketing plan for the new year. Um, I got uh, one of my good friends actually has like a they have like a little studio where they do. uh, He does like graphic design. He has another kid in there that does like uh, marketing. So I'm going to be working with them. Um, We're going to be pushing like Google AdWords for the local business. Um, I've done that in the past and it seems like it drives more phone calls and stuff to the shop. And then, uh, for social media, cause I don't really use Facebook. I think Instagram's kind of a better platform for screen printers. So, like I said, my customer base is like all construction. I like working with them. Um, automotive is something I want to get more into. So we're going to start to try to just target people through Instagram in those markets. I, I, I think you're onto goes. something there. I think that's what you do. Because I'm looking through your Instagram right now and you said you have rebranded and your niche that you want to be in is automotive to some extent. I don't know what. But then that's yep. what I would make my portfolio. Instagram, if if Instagram is your portfolio, then make yep. your portfolio look exactly like the customer you're trying to attract. And Dylan has said this a lot and that's what he did, you know? I think then obviously that's what Graphic Disorder did too. You know, that's what you should do. And so I think your Instagram starts to show in its feed anyway, all of this stuff that's automotive related and then word of mouth, man, you know, and then when somebody looks you up or says, Hey, I'm thinking about going there, they, they see that that's what you do. And then they, they actually call you, you know, you don't have to necessarily call them. Well, it's like, even without knowing you, there's a form of trust. They're like, well, obviously this is what this guy specializes in. Why would it be messed up? Why would it not be what I'm looking for? 
You know what I mean? They look at your stuff and they're like, oh yeah, this guy knows all about fucking automotive. Gives you credibility. Apparel. Yeah. 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 So it's just, definitely, that's definitely something that we talked about with uh, my, the, my friend that does the marketing is I told him I want to, I'm not good with, I'm not tech savvy. I'm not that good with social media. So I told him, I proposed this to him and I think they like the ideas. I'm going to set up a Google drive that I share with you guys. And I take pictures. I've just been taking pictures of like almost everything I do. And I'm just going to take pictures and upload it to that Google drive. And then I want you guys to kind of like, just edit the photos a little bit, maybe put like a watermark, but I want I want to start making like a consistent look on the page. Mm-hmm. Do you have a so track? It, it looks... Like, is there a race track or something like that? Or a yeah, it's, there's here? a couple. Or, yeah, there's a. I mean, I mean, Rhode Island's small, but like Connecticut has a couple. Um, Massachusetts has a couple. Um, that's something. Yeah, I thought about like I got to start getting into more, like trying to go to more events and stuff. It's just I don't. The time is tough. I don't have a lot yeah, of time. So, so do your. You know. Go with your hire in the spring. And then what if you live printed at an event, you know, that we had like a hundred drivers at or whatever, and they walked through and they was like, well, I'm, I'm, you know, that's how you exposed yourself. <laughs> Expose that sounded wrong. That's how you get exposed. Yeah, go to a racetrack and expose yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, our that's advice. Good, I think that's the wrong crowd to do that around. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought about live printing. I don't know. Um, I don't know how it, it looks like a lot of work i don't know how i don't know i don't know if i i have to enjoy it to do it i i mean i i I guess i could get into it but it just it looks like a lot of work and i don't know how to structure it um i thought about that i don't know how to structure like i know um i was reading up on uh what's his name i think cam monument he Mm does the print life guy because i think he did a lot of uh live printing and i know he had some write-ups on it and like how he prices it and structures payment it's just when i i started going down that rabbit hole and i was i don't know it just seems like a lot of work but i mean i guess it depends on if i can get more or give myself more time in the future with help because like that's my biggest thing right now my for the past nine years i've spent just i'm all day on the press yeah it's hard to do by yourself I would say so too. You got to make that higher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The automatic is uh part of that. What's part of that too. Quality of life. Right. Do you happen to have any shop hacks or do you have any other questions? Um, Shop hacks. I don't have like hacks that are pertain to specifically screen printing. So I thought about this because most of the ones I do use, I got from the show, but, um, one of my shop hacks would be uh, I recently discovered uh, what's called a mind map. So I've, so I've been, uh, I'm sure like most business owners, my thoughts just run rampant all the time. Mm-hmm. And then every so often I have like a good thought or I have a thought of something I need to do and I don't write it down and it never gets done. So I discovered uh a mind map. So it's pretty much, it's like an app on my phone. It's called mind Omo, I think, but it's just like, uh, it's just like a bubble and like the center bubble will be like, I just put the shop name and then you can add like bubbles off of it and it just categorize all your thoughts. So 
I have like renovations at the new shop I need to get done. It's just like a way to like just like a quick memo. App, yeah, it's like basically. memos, but yeah, it's just like it's just better than writing it down because you can kind of see it better and see all your thoughts. So I have like renovations, I have like supplies I need to order. I got um graphic design like freelance graphic designers I want to contact. So I'm trying to like that's one thing I'm doing right now is trying to find graphic designers in that specialize in automotive style prints. Mm-hmm. So I can kind of start working with them. I have a list of all my vendors in there. So What's that's that, been uh, really helpful. What was the app called again? Um, it's mind Omo. So it's M I N D O M O. O M O. And you can change, you can change like the look of it and the style of like the bubbles and stuff. So that's been really helpful for me. So I carry a notebook, like a little notepad with me every day now. So when I have a thought, I'll write it down. And then at the end of the day, I transfer all the thoughts to that app. Nice. Oh, it looks cool. I've seen, I think I've seen a YouTuber use this before. He was trying to map out like some if thens even like, you know, Hey, if this is happening, then here are three things. And then another, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, line would go down. And if it's not that, then it's this, you know what I mean? So like, yeah, I've seen, I think I've seen this before. This is cool. Is it free? Uh, yeah, that's, I think that's free. Yeah. Okay, cool. I don't think I pay for it. Thank you. I'm gonna get and it. then, uh, another, um, shop hack I would say is if, you don't have a sh- like some type of shop management software. You definitely have to get one. I think I started using a shop management software like around the same time. Um, I started getting serious about doing the brand change and stuff, and that's been using? a game changer. Um, before I wasn't using anything; it was all written down on paper, like paper invoices and stuff. And then when uh, my girlfriend Monica started to work for me. I was like showing her like, all right, so this is how you price a job out. And I'm like, go, there's formulas and the tables and stuff. And it's like trying to teach someone how to price a job out. It's like, you guys know it's crazy. So she's like, I can't figure this out. It's taking too long to price a job out. So I started looking for like a solution and I know about like Printabo and stuff. So I started looking at shop management softwares. And after we got that, you make up the price list and now she can just write up an invoice in like five minutes. So right. rather than taking like 40 minutes to price out a job for somebody and then is, we don't know if it's like, is it priced accurately? I don't know. Right. So that, that's been, I think if you don't have a shop management software, you need to get one. Mm-hmm. Well, you ready for some quick takes, Andy? I am. Garrett, how do you start your day? Uh, I wake up, get changed, brush my teeth and I go out the door and just drive to work. I'm not a morning person, so I usually grab a coffee, but, but his, I don't morning have any... is, his morning is that he wakes up, puts his clothes on and goes to work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that's, and that's pretty much every day. <laughs> Hopefully. But I, I don't have like a, I don't have any kind of ritual or anything, so we were watching Family Feud, and th- there was a question: the first thing you touch in the morning. And there were some it's good dangerous. answers. <laughs> I know there were some really good answers, but like the number one was sheets. I was like, "Oh man, that sucks." But <laughs> <laughs> the real okay. question is: Do you use a top sheet? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You mean, um, so there's the fitted sheet, then yeah. you, there's like a flat sheet, and then there's the comforter? Yeah, I've mean? never, I never in my life used the second sheet. Like just oh. fitted oh. sheet, my body, comforter. <laughs> hmm, yeah, I always what do. You use do the, the, what do you do in the summer when it's hot? I don't wear blankets most of the time anyway. 95% of the time I have no blankets on. He's just laying there nude in bed. I just lay yeah. there with my underwear on and go to sleep with no blankets, just, no nothing. I can't sleep with like nothing, like no sheet. Like I could at least have a sheet, even if it's like a hundred degrees. No, nothing. I don't know. Just I can't just lay there with nothing. Yeah. Bare. I always man make body it cold. Laying there. Whatever it is, it's cold in our room. It doesn't matter what time of year it's cold. So yeah, it's cold a- in my house right now. It's fucking winter time. I'll still lay there with no blankets on. <laughs> Okay. Dylan? Now that you guys know all that about me, um, any good movies, shows, or books that you're into right now? Um, I'm not really big on TV. I watch a lot of YouTube, so I can tell you a couple of YouTube channels I watch. Yeah, what are you um, into? I like uh, for a little while now. I've been heavy into like these. Uh, I guess you would call them journalists, but it's like travel. Uh, like travel channels, but like uh, one of them's Indigo Traveler, and they pretty much uh, he visits pretty much the countries that no one else like you wouldn't go to this country for vacation. So cool. like, yeah, so it's like usually like third world countries, and he goes and like mingles within the locals, talks to people, and uh, he's done a lot. Like he did a series in Ukraine right after the war broke out. So he goes around and talks like some of the locals in uh, Ukraine. Um, and some of the stuff he records is like pretty crazy just cause I mean like that one, he's in the middle of a war zone and he's showing like, like bomb. It's a vlog he format should, or something. Um, yeah, it's kind of like uh like a vlog. So he just has a camera. He walks around with like a camera. And it's usually them talk like the guy who's channel talking or he'll do interviews with like locals and stuff. But I mean, it's like the one in Ukraine, uh, Venezuela, uh, Kenya. And like they go to, he goes to the slums. I find that really interesting. It's cool to see like a different perspective. Like, yeah, obviously like where we live, we don't have to worry about any of that. So, but I mean, TV shows, I mean, me and the girlfriend watch a lot of like uh, '90s sitcoms, like Home Improvement. Uh, everybody loves oh, yeah. Raymond. So, but I, really, so I don't get days. like into the I don't get into like the series and stuff, like the Netflix series. Mm-hmm. All right. So, speaking about where you live, what's the favorite thing about Rhode Island? Um, favorite thing about Rhode Island, it's, it's a small state, so you don't have to go too far. Like you, so Rhode Island mentality, if you have to drive more than 10 minutes, it's too far away. But, uh, I mean, where I live, I live on the Western side of Rhode Island. So it's like farmland, it's rural. And then you have like you can take a 20 minute drive and then be in Providence and it's like a city. So I'm kind of like a country guy. So I like the rural part. So I don't really mm-hmm. go. I usually don't leave the two towns 
the town I live in and the next town over. But uh, I don't know. Right now we've got good food. We've got really good food here. I don't know if you guys ever had a hot wiener before. I mean, it's countless. With <laughs> <laughs> the meat sauce. You're just what is here. it? Tell me about the hot wiener. Uh-huh. Oh, we know it's well, I think I think we call them uh, New York System, but it's just like a it's like a skinny hot dog with meat sauce, onions, and mustard, and so it's uh, like a chili dog without the cheese. Kind, it's kind of like a chili dog, but the yeah, the flavor is a little bit different than chili meat sauce. So you're taking a hot dog and then putting meat sauce on it, like a bolognese, yeah, like like chili. <laughs> Kind of like, kind of, yeah, kind of like chili without the beans, but uh, the f- I don't know how to explain it. the flavor is different. What's the salt they put on it, Monica? Celery salt. Celery salt. Yeah, so it's got celery salt on it. But celery chopped salt. onions. Okay. Yeah, it's good. I'll have you to drive over to Rhode Island, Island and have some hot wieners. <laughs> we got yeah, that. you know we got that um, we're big fans Bell's of lemonade. We love the hot dogs. And we got coffee milk. Did you say coffee, coffee milk? milk? Yeah, coffee milk. You never had coffee milk? Uh, what's that? It's like a, it's like chocolate, like chocolate milk, except it's like a coffee syrup. Mm. So it's kind of like a latte, maybe. Yeah, a little bit. So definitely like a, like a very like a very creamy latte. There's yeah. just some guy that was bored and was just like, I don't know what to sell anymore, and then he just <laughs> like poured coffee into his milk and sells it in a store. Mm. I'll have to, I'll I'll get you guys add. No, I'll have to send, I'll send a bottle to each. Send us some coffee milk and through the post office. Yeah. Well, I'll send you the syrup. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's like a syrup that you can add kind of like. Yeah. It's like chocolate, like a chocolate. Yeah. So it's like a a chocolate syrup. It's like a coffee syrup and you just mix it with milk. All right. Makes sense. Uh, What's something random that brings you joy? Uh, just my dog. Are you guys dog people? Yes. Is it Monica's looking at Mo- Monica's looking at me right now because I didn't say her, but <laughs> <laughs> well, she's not but random. Yeah, yeah, she's not random. Yeah, she, yeah, that she's not random. That's a given. So, mm-hmm. um, Good yeah, same. we're dog people, though. We're dog people. Do you like do stuff with your dogs that's not like normal dog? Like I have a dog and you come home and I like pet my dog and feed my dog. But do you like dress up your dog, get pictures taken with your dog? God, I hope not. No, take them places. No, he doesn't. No, do that. I'm, I don't do that. I got, he's like a pit bull boxer a, oh. mix. So I was hoping you were going to say it was a wiener dog. Then it could be, <laughs> yeah. a, That's it fine, could be right? a wiener. Yeah. No, I mean, one, one weird thing about my dog though, is uh, he, he sits in computer chairs. So if you go on my Instagram, you'll probably see it. But I don't know why. When I got him as a puppy, I used to put him in the computer chair, and then he ended up being it's 80 pounds. Thing. And he's, yeah, he's still insists on sitting in computer chairs. So nice. He wants to be a graphic artist, sounds like. Maybe. Yeah, he's, well, we joke, he gets employee of the month every month. So <laughs> it'd be kind of weird if you made yourself employee of the month every month. <laughs> I could do that. Yeah. Get their special like my, parking spot. A little like extra pay. Sponge, it's like that SpongeBob episode. And it's just like 
30 pictures of SpongeBob because he's employed a month every month. Mm-hmm. I'll just put my face on the wall 30 times. Mm-hmm. You can do, you can still do that now anyway. So you should. Well, there's only two uh, of you. I guess, I guess you have to, yeah, like there's a competition. I'll have to go back and count how many months I've been in business, do the math, and then just put a picture for every month. Mm-hmm. Pull a wall. All right. Final question What is for dinner? Please say hot wiener. No, I had them like last week. So there's, there's not the hot wieners aren't something you want to eat too often. Um, so I don't you. know. <laughs> well, whatever you do, that's that's on you. <laughs> um, what's for dinner? We're probably gonna go to the bar in our plaza and grab something to eat. I don't know what yet. Probably a burger. I, I actually asked Monica this question before we I hopped on because I knew you guys were going to ask me that. I was like, what are we eating for dinner tonight? She's like, I don't know. I was just going to go to Woods. Nice. We've been busy, so we haven't been cooking much. What are you having, Dylan? No idea. I really have no idea. I'll probably try to go get some takeout or something. But, hey, dude, thanks for coming on with us. We appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Been, good, uh, luck, uh, good luck with the move. If you need anything, let us know. Yeah, it'll, uh, I think after I'll feel better once, uh, I mean, I've had the building for like since September, so it's just taken a while to get everything situated in there, but you just need that good week between Christmas and New Year's to get all your shit off. (laughs) Yep. Finally have some time, (laughs) but yeah, thanks for having me guys. Yeah. No worries, dude. Have a good one. We'll see you. All right. Bye. Later.